Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and our mission here at Hot Breath is to help cultivate the next generation of great comics. And we do that with over 400 episodes all about the craft of comedy. But in all 400 episodes, this new mini-series we're doing called Pro Talks dives deeper into the craft than ever before because in our Hot Breath Pro Comedian Incubator group, we brought in the top comedy minds in the world. Honestly, the top-rated comedy authors in the world we brought into Hot Breath Pro to answer members' questions directly. And this little mini-series also brings in members of Hot Breath Pro to give their biggest takeaways from the perspective of an up-and-coming comedian. So if you want to make this the year you level up your comedy, go join us in Hot Breath Pro, and we'll see you on the other side, my friends, as now there is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath <sighs> with Hot Breath Pro Talk. Good afternoon, Hot Breath Universe. Uh, welcome back to Hot Breath Pro Talks, the comedy book series. I am your host, comedian Bo Johnson. Yeah, we are live. Um, so this has been an exciting first season of Hot Breath Pro Talks. Um, yes. We got to do Q&As with the top comedy minds in the world literally in the world yeah yeah <clears throat> well one of the things with this round table that we're going to have for our series finale um we got a well we have one of our guests i don't know where the other one is um but one of our guests is none other than the always hilarious og, Triple Bobby OG. Sutton with a toy <laughs> he's my rescue uh, hero he's, he's your rescue man. hero because the breath is so <laughs> nice for those of you listening on the podcast version she had an action figure in front of the camera that's uh that is the uh, level of quality we have here at hot breath she's holding an action figure i wonder when we're gonna get a get a joel byers action figure going on <laughs> a joel byers bobblehead or a funko pop oh i love that that'd be good merch i was just trying to think of merch today um you know as i've been thinking about you know, my career, as you guys heard in the right 10 club, it's uh, we're, we're figuring that part out now, but um, everything's fine. Aren't we all? <laughs> Moving forward, taking names. That's Aren't we all trying to figure this out? Which is an interesting thing is because that's why we had this whole thing is trying to figure our careers out. Yeah. Where we're going. What are we doing? And um, so, yeah. So, like, what, what were some of the takeaways for you guys? I'd say. uh Honest to goodness, it was the year I found my voice. Mm. Wouldn't have found it without hot breath. Um, finding ways to monetize ourselves in a world where comedians couldn't get monetized. Mm -hmm. I think anybody who managed to do that should be darn proud of themselves and consider themselves a success in comedy because we had 
huge names in the business on Instagram every day just doing free stuff because their minds were spinning but there was nowhere for money to be made mm -hmm. so you know anybody who was able to do that you know um, the book series or you know was incredibly helpful I would have to say that uh, Stephen Rosenfield would have had to been my favorite one because of developing the character and yeah. the difference between a stand-up comic and a comedian you know and that that epiphany moment when he said every comedian is a character a stand-up comic tells jokes and if you watch every comedian who's ever had a sitcom that was a character and they were like, you know, Roseanne is the housewife who never gets to go nowhere, do nothing, no how, never. She's the poor, white trash housewife. You've got Tim Allen, the guy who's, and he, he, you know, he, he literally was talking about, you know, souping up the house. <laughs> and that made me feel like, I don't know, it kind of made me, it made me feel better about who I'm developing for, because Robin cannot say the stuff that Bobby can. It's crazy. I can say the exact same words as Bobby, and it's funny. If Robin says it, it's no, you're not allowed to talk like that. It's weird. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And and I mean that's an interesting thing because we I think we talked about this that one subject with four different authors, which is the character. Um, and we got we actually had different um we had a couple different responses. Uh, let's People see. People struggle here. with that. They have a really hard time figuring out what their persona is because it's very hard for us to step outside ourselves and look at ourselves objectively. That's why you got to ask people who you don't know, like, what do you think of when you look at me? Like, what, what kind of a person do you think I am? What would you expect me to do or say? And use that, you know, especially if you get the same answer from three out of five people, then you know you got something. Yeah, sometimes it's something else that somebody else sees. Right, that you can't see because you're just too close. Yeah. So that's why you ask people, what do you see when you see me? And be yeah. honest. Like, or sometimes you have to write down, write down your top 10 most critical flaws. Always mm. your true comedic character uh, is in a lot of ways who you were in the sandbox at six years old in the playground. And, you know, we, I, I always like to say that we have two different people in us. We have the protected person, which is the person we bring to life uh, and jobs and who appears normal and can be trustworthy and strangers can even like this person. But then we have the authentic person who we hide most of the time. So your tendency normally would be to hide that from an audience because you don't want to appear weak or you don't want to appear strange in any way. But the truth is, is only when you let that character out, do you have any chance of having the audience really get off on you and get to know who you are. So that was kind of interesting because we had Scott wow. and Jerry say, ask somebody, you know, who do I look like? What kind of person do I look like? But, you know, even Steve was, whoever that person is that you hide go with that one and i know even in his book it's you know ask somebody what are the things that you know i can change about me yeah. and then that person you change is actually who you should be on stage uh, mm -hmm. 
And then a couple times, I know like even Jerry and Steven Rosenfeld said, look, let that take its time. Worry about the joke structure first. Like, so, I mean, so what, what'd y'all think of these different approaches? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I always, and like, you know, I've been doing comedy 11 years. So even, I mean, you know, and figuring out what I'm doing right now, there's a pandemic. So, you know, comedians, there is no like live stand-up career track at this moment. So it was interesting to hear from like everyone we interviewed, they've, they're coming from, you know, decades of experience in comedy. So it's cool to hear their own kind of mindset around it. And I, I always came from like writing jokes first, learning how to just be funny first, drawing from real life and then figuring out your persona as you perform. And the more confident you get on stage, the more you can actually perform your jokes. So I kind of come from that approach of first learning how to write jokes and then say them on stage. And then your persona will start to evolve from that. But I also didn't have access to these people when I started, like like everyone here in Hot Breath Pro does. <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little jealous that you guys are getting this information so early in your careers, because that would have helped me be a little more strategic or mindful of what I'm writing about and the direction of where I'm writing and how I'm coming off to the audience. Things that took me eight, nine years to figure out. These people here are basically like laying out to you. Just here, here is it, here it is. So I, I learned a lot even at 11 years then. It's... Yeah, mm. I, I think I did it exactly the way you did, Joel, is I did build the jokes first and it was, like I said, it was the persona that was found through the year mm -hmm. of the hot breath courses and, you know, same jokes, new persona. It just bloomed when I found that, <clears throat> that lid of revolves, when I found Aww. that voice, that was the next step up and suddenly stuff started happening for me, you know, in a way that it had not before. So I totally get what you're saying. That's exactly pretty. And like you, Joel, I think I went about it because I've been in it for eight years and I went about it the same way in that I was writing jokes, not understanding fully how to get to that persona. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be told by people, well, you need to shorten it. Yeah, I know I need to shorten it. Where? Shorten it. Yeah, I get that. How? By shortening it. <laughs> <laughs> How? <laughs> you shorten it. <laughs> yeah, it was like coffee in a sweet roll on Sesame Street. They just asked for the sweet roll, but I'm out of sweet rolls, and I couldn't get there. So, thank you, Joel. <laughs> no. I have a question for you, Joel. I have wondered for like ever. Yeah. Where did you land on the persona of Trophy Husband? It was a joke I had done just kind of passively. I think I, I just said it. I don't even remember how I came up with it. I think I just kind of said it one night and got a laugh. So then it just kept kind of building on that. And then as I was building my set for my comedy special, I was trying to think of how I could like brand it and package it and make it like a storyline and like, have like a, a character behind the special. So then the yeah. trophy husband just kind of was born from that. Um, it was just kind of something that got a laugh. And then I realized, oh, that could really tie into a lot of the material I'm doing now. And then through building the act of the comedy special, I just kind of 
put it in an order that kind of told the story of the trophy husband. So it was kind of a throwaway line that just stuck around. And then I kind of ended up building a special around it. Um, I'm, I'm definitely evolving. Um, I'm definitely evolving. We're growing and moving on. I did think, though, that I was like, this is it, trophy husband. But also, I was like, this is it, trophy husband. 2020 is my year. I'm releasing the trophy husband. I'm on tour. I was a booked headliner. All last year, I was booked. The most I've ever been booked. And I was a touring headliner. And then I was releasing my comedy special. And then all of that disappeared overnight. But I did have this whole idea of a trophy husband tour, a trophy husband comedy special, which I still could do. But I feel like yeah. I'm now onto like the next chapter of my career. Like I think it was a good exercise, and I'm so grateful and proud of that material on that special. But yeah, I'm excited for the next chapter now. So part of me is grateful I didn't lean into it all the way and really try to make that my identity. Because um, now that that I have a blank slate again, so I'm. That it was just a joke that ended up building an act around, but um, I'm glad it didn't pan out to what I was hoping it would have. Um, I'm not glad for the pandemic, but you know, we can find the silver lining in anything, and that was a silver lining. But yeah, it was just a joke that kind of grew from there. How did the how did how did Ganesh wind up in the mix of the trophy husband? Because I now I've seen you carry him on stage. So <laughs> I know that he's part of the act. How did he wind up being your Jerry Lewis? I really well for the for the special, I really wanted it to give a behind the scenes like first person account of what it is to be a comedian and like that raw reality of comedy. Every special you see on Netflix is like a super polished they record it over five times and piece yeah. it together like a perfect and that's not comedy isn't perfect you know steve martin said comedy is not pretty so i really wanted to show that raw true side of what it means to be a comedian so i was showed all that behind the scenes stuff but even even in like the right 10 club bringing guinness on it just kind of i think i just had him in a few times and people made more comments about him than me so i realized <laughs> that guinness is my clickbait now is what I realized. And that may become the next special is like he, it's the Guinness and Joel show. I really may lean in because you know, what's interesting about pets that I, I, just, I read an article about animals. I, they did a study on whether or not people care about animals or pets more. And they did two sponsored, like two advertisements, one saying donate to save this kid or whatever, and then donate to save this puppy. And the puppy got, got like, more. But like it was like 80 20 or something belligerent in the puppy's favor over humans so there's That's something terrible. to dogs i'm gonna lean into guinness this year for sure maybe call it i'm the sidekick i'm with him maybe yeah, i'm, I'm boss him. or something yeah top dog and it's pointing at him yeah <laughs> with that <laughs> it's just yeah it's all things that like it just kind of organically you just try things and then pay attention to the response they get you know, and um, just kind of like Trophy Husband and the Guinness thing, just paying attention to the responses and how people are reacting. Same thing with what we do in the Hot Breathiverse and Hot Breath Pro and all the content is like, what do people want to see? All right, well, let's create it. You know, who do people want to see on the show? All right, let's get them on. You know, it's all just yeah. kind of listening to the listening to the audience and giving them what they want in a lot of ways. Anyway, so, you know, there's a lot of lessons mm -hmm. throughout this entire 
serious. We talked to seven different people. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of authors. And so one of the, there's a few things that were a big commonality and one of them was attitude. You got to have the attitude. All right, hot brethren and sistren, you guessed it. Next week's episode is going to be all about attitude. If you can't wait to learn about it, the full episode is available in our Hot Breath Pro community if you want to join us over there. But in the meantime, in between time, the links to all the author's books are linked in the show notes of this episode, as well as a link to Hot Breath Pro. So I hope to see you in there this week. But if not, we'll see you next Monday right here on Hot Breath. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.